Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 153 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Burchell. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into items that you ask us to take a look at. If you'd like to support the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. Now, I am coming to you live tonight from Linder's Caravan and Camping Park in Port Ran in County Dublin. It was 24 degrees Celsius here today, Chris. Now, there was a bit of a sea breeze, to be honest. Yeah, the weather was great. Now, I was like, looking out my office, work office window. Uh, <laughs> Thinking yeah, I wish I was out camping. I'm looking out mine now and I am out camping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking across and I think now I'll probably get right. I think it's Lambay Island and I got a history lesson on Lambay Island today. But anyway, so just to let you know, in case the, the signal is a bit brutal, it's because I'm down the coast in County Dublin. Right. News. Good news. Caravan and camping information from the Donegal Tourist Board, Chris. Yeah, I see an article there in DonegalDaily.com. Uh, and the heading of the article is Caravan and Camping Information Hope to be Created for Donegal Tourists. It says Donegal County Council is creating a dedicated caravan camping and campervan and motorhome webpage for visitors to Donegal, which is a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. The webpage will be hosted on the Go Visit Donegal website, uh, providing a map, an interactive map and all of that, outlining the accommodations, the airs recycling centres, eating options, all of that. So what a fantastic idea. Brilliant. Can you imagine we had one of those in every county? Wouldn't it be brilliant? Or one national one, but I think a county one would work out easier to use than going on to a national one. But yeah, it is brilliant. So well done. I guess the council's more tourists. control if they have their own county one to manage and it might true. encourage them to, yeah. to be more bought in, like rather than having but it being managed would, at a central level. Would that not be farmed out to a company that does apps and websites and stuff like that? I, well, I, I wouldn't think so. Like a, a lot of councils nowadays have a media department. I know the Water mm-hmm. County Council does and they've got a, an activities department. And once the page is set up, you know, it's just got a CMS in the background, a content management system that can be easily added to and removed. You know, but look, I suppose every council is different, but I think it's a great idea for each council to do that. Well, I was rooting through and I came across a story from the Irish Examiner reporting that Waterways Ireland are looking to develop glamping and camping facilities inland. And we were only saying on last week's podcast, we should really make an effort to support inland campsites. But this is an initiative that could see a network of camping and glamping sites, as well as pitches for camper vans and motorhomes dotted along the country's rivers, lakes and canals. Waterways Ireland is exploring the possibility of developing up to 50 sites at key locations across both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland that will provide facilities for glamping and for motorhomes. Now, that is fantastic news and fingers and toes crossed that that would come to fruition. And, you know, it's a brilliant idea because they they, they, they have a lot of the facilities set up. Um, uh, across the country for like mm-hmm. the, the barges and the boats going up and down through the locks and stuff. So, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, a good bit of the infrastructure will be there already. Maybe yeah. we have to put in, yeah. you know, bigger car spaces or wider car space, something like that, you know. But I wouldn't think of it as being like a, a massive investment. Like They're not... No. Starting from scratch everywhere, although, you know, it sounds like they're looking to expand uh, and have even more places than their existing is. And the waterways, the inland waterways all across Ireland are amazing. Beautiful. There's Beautiful. such opportunity there for 
to to bring the tourists like in away from the beaches and to the waterways where um, great fun can be had. Well, the facilities are already there in the likes of Terrygrass and Port Tumna because I have a Waterways Ireland card and when we stay in Port Tumna, you can use the showers or in Terryglass Marina, which the, the locals frown upon the motorhomes. But at least again, we're talking about facilities. They are there and Waterways Ireland have them set up all over Ireland. And again, if they're going to expand Fingers crossed on that one and we will keep you updated. Or if you come across anything and you hear anything about it, please do let us know so we can update other listeners. That's a, it's a fantastic initiative. So look, we'll we'll watch this space and see what happens. Um, Aaron, you were uh, doing a bit of research uh, regarding Dixfield. Yes, a lot of online chatter with what's happening in Dixfield. So I gave him a buzz on Saturday. He returned a call on Sunday. Um, he has applied for planning permission for a new sewage system and there's complications. Everything was going fine until complications arose. Now, he said to me, we were hoping to be open on the June holiday weekend, but it is very doubtful at this stage. And then he said, do you know what I'm going to say? I doubt if we'll open at all this year. But he says, the reason I'm saying it is that anything after that is a plus if we do get open. He's very disheartened at the moment. There's a lot of red tape going into getting a sewage system that he is footing the bill for himself. But he will keep me updated. He said he'd give me a buzz every time he gets a bit of news and we will pass it on to you. That's regarding Dixfield in Ardmore, which is now known as Ardmore Motorhome Park. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll be a big loss to the town of Ardmore, I think, in terms of the, the number of people that used to travel there from all yeah. over Ireland and and, yeah. and stay a long time as well. So, look, I, I really hope that the <clears throat> um, the business in the town will get behind them and, uh, and help them with any complications. Yeah. Uh, lots of online chatter now against, and this has come up time and time again last year, the year before, about campsite prices. If you remember, myself and Deirdre compared the 2020 Camping Ireland book to the 2021 book. That survey is still up there on one of the previous podcasts. But I do see a lot of chatter, people saying, hey, do you know how much I was charged last night? Yeah, this weekend, um, I was keeping an eye on, on the Facebook groups and, you know, in more than one group, there was a conversation going on this location, this site charged me this, this site charged me this and another site charged me this. And, you know, uh, some cases they, 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 they did seem quite high, other mm. cases reasonable, I suppose, depending on what you're looking for. Well, I suppose we were only chatting about before we, we hit the record button, like uh, the campsites really it's up to them to charge what they want and yeah. i really don't mind what a campsite charges as long as their prices are clear and upfront. and what i would say to anybody before you book a campsite you should always know the price you should always yeah. ask the price so before you book it before you reserve it you know exactly and before you travel more importantly you know exactly what you're going to pay and then you can decide okay no too much for me you know the, the last thing people want is to go there and have a great weekend on a campsite and just go to pay when leaving and find yeah. out that it was a lot more than people expected yeah. and that yeah. that will always spoil a bad weekend whereas always ask when you book if you're booking online it should be straightforward any but when you're ringing up to book ask what the price is and then you yeah. know straight away what to expect and it won't be a surprise and ask the questions do you charge for awnings and then ask the other questions are we allowed campfires raised barbecues well ask the questions look before you book check out charlie and me that's what we always say but as chris said make the phone call i would rather speak to the people than book online i know a lot of them have gone online booking now since covid and it's working out fantastic but if you can pick up the phone if you're not sure i have said time and time again 
Are there campsites worth 30 euro? It's now getting to the stage where very few are charging less than 30 euro. They are out there, but yeah, it seems yeah. to be the norm 30 euro up at the moment. And I think it's a different group of people. Obviously, there's an overlap. Yes. People who will tend to go for the airs or maybe the the the, the wild spots and camp yeah. there. Then there's other people who might travel maybe as a large group or a family group and they might go to, to some uh, of the, the more expensive campsites. Yes, um, yes. You know, it, it could be facilities, it could be playground, it could be activity, it could be yeah. maybe it's close to something that you're travelling Right, so look, it's the campsites themselves, you know, they, they they get to decide what they charge, but you get to decide whether to book it or not, you know. There are bums for every seat, as they say, and with Charlie and me touring around, we get to see them from 22 euro to 35 euro. And again, it depends on what the site is offering, but it depends on your requirements. And as Chris said, check beforehand, because if you don't, if you go and you have your weekend, then you go to pay and she says 145 euro serves you right for not doing the deal before you actually went there because if they say oh yes sir it's 145 euro for the weekend you can just hang up and go somewhere else right so we have a, a few follow-ups uh, a bit of housekeeping to do Aaron from um from last week we spoke okay. about um about the faulty uh, shower tray uh, oh, from Gary Gary's faulty tra- yeah. shower tray and we got a, a suggestion you're going to run through there now yeah, Adrian was on, our gadget man, and he had a suggestion for the shower base repair. We got quite a few, in fact. Um, he says, hi, lads, I'm just listening to your podcast on Gary's shower tray issue. There is a company in south of Drogheda, just off the M1 in Julianstown, that may be able to fix the shower tray. They are Custom Composite Ireland. They are a carbon and glass fibre specialist. They have worked on everything from boats sand yachts, cars, bicycles, wind turbines to buildings and motor caravans and caravans. Their websites are surfrepair.ie and customcomposite.ie. I give you a phone number because you can always pause or go back. It's 086-8519-661. Surfrepair or customcomposite.ie. And that comes in from Adrian. And Adrian, thank you for that. And we have passed the details on to Gary. But you have, you got a couple of Instagram messages on it. Yeah, just a correction there. It's actually customcomposites.ie. It's plural oh, there, just sorry. if you're looking for it. Um, yeah, we got two people responded to uh, the, the post. I put up a photo of the faulty shower tray. And uh, we got a message from No Duckety. He said, I think a small, small section of fiberglass matting and epoxy web- webbing would work well. Certainly might not be the prettiest solution, but we rock solid and watertight, perhaps a bit of paint afterwards. We also got a message from Heimerlife underscore travels. And uh, he says, for that job, I'd remove the whole shower tray. I'd get a fiberglass repair kit online, quick fit or other. Repair, sand it down and use epoxy white spray, the whole tray, and it should look as good as new. So I want to say thanks to the... The, the two people on Instagram for helping with with, with that and obviously Aiden, sorry, Adrian as well for his uh, his suggestion. We've passed those on to Gary. Yeah, and again, if you've come across a problem like that and maybe you missed it on last week's podcast, please do get in touch and let us know what you think. Um, and sticking with that, then we had we were talking about sat navs and Jerry was on to us recommending a sat nav. Uh, do you want to read that one out? Yeah, he said hi, Chris and Aaron. Thank you for your great work on the pod. I look forward each week to a new installment. In relation to the listener who was inquiring about satnavs, I've used the Garmin Camper for the last four years in Scotland, France, 
never had a problem. If you want to go to specific to a, if you want to go to a specific planned route, I just navigate between towns, etc., on the route individually. It's great for finding campsites also. I don't trust Google Maps as the phone can lose coverage throughout the journey and come up with a very different route when it comes back. That's true. <laughs> so I must check out the, the Garmin one. I'm, I'm not sure if that's an actual separate device or a device that you can put onto your um, your smartphone. No, I think it's an actual sat nav that you stick onto your dash and you plug into your cigarette lighter and it's purely for big vehicles. Well, that sounds a good idea. If it's for big vehicles, then it's probably going to route you kind of along yeah. safe routes we were in yeah, yeah, last yeah. week yeah you definitely put in all of your details and camper vans and it's got all of the details that you need i've heard i don't believe they're the cheapest thing but the old saying you get what you pay for yeah and that was one thing that um the, the listener had mentioned last week about the sat nav they were looking for something uh obviously which is uh not as costly as normal yeah. sat navs you know so i was telling yeah. that i had asked about that Right, let's move on to campsites and stopovers. We're back to campsitereview.com. It's our sister website with a free form and it always will be. And Rigor Mortis, who has left lots of reviews on site, is out again. And he's been down your way, Chris. He's been down to Fitzmaurice's in Tremor. And he never called in. I was going to say, and did you enjoy your cup of tea with him? <laughs> he says, I'm a big fan of Tremor, aren't we all? It's a great beach, fun fair, swimming pool, water slides, nice pubs and some good restaurants. If you have kids, it's an absolute winner. I know that the guys in the camping crew have mentioned that it's expensive and it is, but does deliver on the smiles. I've stayed at Newtown Cove before. See a separate review, as I mentioned, and that's a great site. However, it is a John from Tremor, and if you don't have transport, it can be difficult. So we decided to try one of the campsites in Tremor, Fitzmaurice's. It's based about 10 minutes walk from the Strand and the Funfair, and it's a long established site. The owners could not be nicer. So lovely to talk to and really helpful. I stopped for a number of chats with the owner over the weekend. The site is a combination of site-owned motorhomes and camping spaces. It's a pretty equal mix of the two. They also seem to take tents. The toilet block is very clean, but quite old. Nothing wrong with it, though, and the showers were also in good shape. There is no playground, but there's a big green area. There is also a games room with a couple of pool tables and a few arcade games. There is also a nice shop in the campsite. The fee was €43. A night for two adults, two kids with electric hookup and the awning. We also had another car with us, which was added to the price. There are definitely nicer sites, but this is a solid campsite with a lovely owner and it's in a great location. And that's Rigor Mortis's review from CampsiteReview.com on Fitzmaurice's in Tremor. I have actually stayed on that site 15, 15 years ago for one night when I got into flying kites. And I was down flying a kite in Tremor and I was flying and flying. And then I looked at me watch. It was so late. I just booked into the campsite and it did the job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the price, it seems high. All right. But look, when you want a campsite that's right on the beach next to yeah. all the amusements and its location um, and there isn't anywhere else, you know, we know Tremor isn't camper friendly for the, yeah. the you know, for the, the airs or the overnighters. Unless you're in one of the the, the two great campsites there uh, within the town, but most of those you need to book well in advance as well during and the uh, during the the, the busy the period peak season. And I know we were mentioning prices earlier on, and I know I said are there campsites, but uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Location, location, location also defines the price the campsite can charge. 
Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, and some campsites might that might not be in, uh, you know, a, a busy location mm-hmm. might have other things to offer. So look, it really depends. But look, you know, as we said earlier, just you shop around, and if you need to go there, um, it, it's a price you probably have to pay. Then you know. Right, Charlie and me this week, this morning, I uploaded the revisit to Roaches that you were in. We were there last weekend because it was a big talking point on the podcast last week. So I said I'd throw it up for this morning's video. And this Friday, we come from Loch Rimmer, a campsite uh, just outside Cavan Town, outside Virginia in County Cavan, where I was. We had a a wedding in Cavan and I stayed in the campsite. So this Friday, 9 a.m., youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog is Loch Rimmer. And then the following Friday sees the start of our Mayo trilogy, which is brought to us with thanks to our friends at happyturfconversions.ie. But this Friday, Loch Rimmer in County Cavan. That's it. So this moves us on now to our products and gadgets. And uh, we mentioned Adrian earlier. Adrian is back with us, back to us with another um, camper, or sorry, caravan related gadget. So I'll have a read of this. Um, and uh, Adrian says, um, so many new trailers and caravans now come with 13 pin plugs, which cover both the trailer lights and also any powering or charging of fridges and batteries. The outer housing of these plugs rotate in order to turn and lock into the plug socket, just like the lid on a jar. Sometimes the outer housing can become misaligned um, with the fixed inner part, uh, which the fixed inner part of the plug. The um, misalignment tend to come from not rotating the the plug fully when removing the plug from the socket. When this happens, the next time you go to put in the plug into a socket, you'll find you're not able to do it. To correct this, you'll need a 13-pin alignment cap, which also doubles as a protective cover for the plug when the trailer is in storage. These caps tend to be red, blue or green, and the realignment takes takes a second. These caps are around €5, and he's given us a link to one. So they have them on mixgarage.com, and it's called a... Um, an 8 slash 13 pin alignment storage cap DP mm-hmm. that's what it's called a mixed garage is by Maypole so that's an 8 slash 13 pin alignment storage cap so if you can think of um, you know when, when you're towing a caravan or when you're hooking up when you take out the plug it's obviously not getting aligned properly so this yeah. cap helps you kind of uh, set right that situation I suppose you know yeah. Adrian is some man for the gadgets and this one isn't going to cost us a penny because neither of us tow and need to go and invest in it but it sounds like a must have like for around five euros like it could get you out of a jam if you were stuck you know big time Adrian thank you for that uh, we're going out to troubleshooting and it's a, it's a story that you came across and I'll, I'll have a quick read of it but it's a word of warning from Mick Johnson on Camping with Kids in Ireland Facebook group regarding the safety of gas cylinders and its heading is gas cylinder safety alert we had a situation this week where a family called into us while travelling as they had a strong smell of gas in the car causing a huge safety issue They were carrying a standard yellow butane gas cylinder. The cylinder was on its side, which they should never be. And a pushchair had pressed against the valve, causing liquid gas to escape. Gas cylinders must always be stored and transported upright, strapped in place and with any appliance or regulator disconnected and turned off. There should be nothing on top or around the gas cylinder that might touch the valve. Preferably keep a safety cap on over the valve cover whilst in transport. 
Nothing flammable should be in the vehicle or any source of ignition and certainly no smoking. If the vehicle is being parked up, ensure windows are left partially open for ventilation and to prevent heat buildup. If it's a very sunny day, remove the cylinder from the vehicle as direct sunlight or excessive heat causes cylinders to vent. The cylinder itself was in poor condition as they only used it for camping trips once a year and it had been stored outside and was quite rusty. They informed me that it was about five years old and it was still half full. We swapped the cylinder for a new 7 kg cylinder and they went on their way. Please keep cylinders in good condition and transport correctly, he goes on to say. In an accident, an unsecured cylinder is not only an explosion risk, but becomes a flying object that can kill. Also note, never cook inside a tent with gas or use gas heaters inside. Not only do they cause condensation, but cause carbon monoxide, which can kill. Now, that was from Mick Johnson. And Mick has a website if you want to check it out. And it's Mac Owen Limited, M-A-C-E-O-I-N-Limited.com. And Mick, thank you. That is fantastic information about gas cylinder safety. I was just saying, Aaron, that was really great information there, you know, and maybe kind of go back and, and look at the condition of our own um gas in the van and i have a little barbecue gas in the garage as well just for um you know for that uh, caddock not the caddock sorry the safari mini barbecue thing that i have as well but they're they're all pretty good condition but yeah storing yeah. them upright that's uh i've often gone down to the garage to get mine replaced now and stored it on its side so i must note that for yeah, the next time no. okay it's not possible in the boot if you're heading down to the garage as long as you put something against it to stop it rocking and rolling while you're driving yeah. but definitely in the motorhome or if you're heading off with a with a trailer and you've packed it with gear and you say oh i'll get more room if i put don't transport it on its side and it's the same with all the motorhomes please check your straps that your cylinders are strapped in. I know you only carry the one cylinder. I carry two in the B-Bot and I carry two in the Heimer. And every, actually, in fact, I only replaced one in the Heimer last week. And I always check that those straps have it, you know, not as tight as I possibly can because they will. And keep a check on them because they will vibrate loose. But please, upright and make sure that they are strapped in, especially those of you doing home conversions. Yes, great advice. And that was from uh, Mike Johnson on Camping with Kids in Ireland and the Facebook group. And we want to uh, say a big thank you to Mike just for sharing that uh, online with everybody, because uh, it's certainly a uh, food for thought when you're when you're off camping and uh, has some brilliant safety advice there. Right. Let's finish up with Camp Life. And Aoife was on to you during the week and I'm loving this story. Yeah. So Eva's about to travel to France for up to six to ten months. She says, hi, Aaron and Chris. Hope you are well. Love the pod. It's giving us some great tips and info lately as we've been building up, as we're building up our camper. We're heading off um, to travel Europe for the next six to ten months, leaving this Thursday, uh, that's tomorrow, and heading to France. Um, I will be writing and sharing our travel experience on my blog and Instagram page, Life in the Blurry Lane. It will be an accessibility travel blog where I'll be focusing on van life with a visual impairment. I was born with ocular albinism, which means I uh, am quite short-sighted and I have light sensitivity. Um, more and more people getting back to travel and many sharing wonderful van life stories, but very few do this from an accessibility perspective. Um, this is where I hope to fill the gap and share some of my tips, experience and accessibility views of Europe. 
I'm also trying to share my page and story as far as wide as I can to help others. So if, if you ever in need or want of a podcast guest to speak on this topic, I'll gladly put my hand up to volunteer. Um, um, I could chat about it for days. So if anybody wants to check out uh, Aoife's Instagram, it's life in the blurry lane, all one word, life in the blurry lane. And I know she's setting up a, a web page and a blog and all of that as well. So mm-hmm. really look forward to that. And uh, I think we will definitely um, in the next couple of months, the next month or so, have an interview with um, Aoife when she's um Got a bit of travel yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll definitely set that up and look, um, uh, give Aoife a follow there, and uh, we'll help support that page as much as we can. It's a great idea. And like Aoife has suggested her services to us, if you know anybody or if you yourself reckon I have something I could share with the lads, please do get in touch with us. And we have the technology. You can do it on your phone. But look, we won't even go into that. Just send us an email, send us a tweet, get in touch through Instagram. If you reckon you know somebody or you yourself would like to take part in the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And remember, we've got motorhome, campervan, caravan. We've got stickers for your vehicle. They're free and they always will be. But we love getting your messages, your ideas, your campsite suggestions, your reviews on products or news or anything we can discuss on the podcast or if you want to make a comment on anything we have discussed on a previous podcast please get in touch but to get in touch you need our contact details yeah our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com on twitter we're at the camping crew on instagram we're at the camping crew podcast Facebook, you'll find us posting in all the good motorhome and camping groups. Forum-wise, you'll find us at motorhomecrack.com, boars.ie, or... You'll also get us at campsitereview.com. It's our sister website, and we have a forum that is free. And don't forget, on Friday, Charlie and me are camping vlog. So it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me are camping vlog. And that's where we do our campsite reviews. And we are in full swing. Last night, we were in County Mead. Tonight, we're in Dublin. Tomorrow night, we're in Wexford. And coming up in the next couple of weeks is a trilogy from Mayo. So thank you. That is the end of episode 153. As I always say, if you see us on a campsite, please do call over and say hi from me Aaron Birchall stay safe and it's goodbye from me Chris and if you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe and um, shout us out to all your camping friends well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping Mm -hmm.